welcome back. Feels like I just left you, but here we are again. A lot has happened once more in the 24-hour news cycle. So I'm just going to get straight to it. So I'm going to start off with just some quick notes, quick news notes that you guys can look a little bit further into. Um, first and foremost, Jamie Harrison, the candidate of South Carolina Senate who lost to the infamous Lindsey Graham, will be the new head of the DNC. Uh, President-elect Biden has almost announced. It's leaked enough now that it's going to be an announcement here soon. Um, so that's very exciting news. He fundraised a lot of money in South Carolina. So that is an important thing that you need as the head of the DNC. As long as Tom Perez is gone, I'm a happy girl. Um, so now Pelosi is going to start handing out fines for no mask if you're not wearing a mask on the floor. And if you refuse to walk through the metal detector at the Capitol because there was an incident yesterday where a couple members of the um, the House did not want to go through the metal detector because they were carrying. So it is something like $500 for no mask the first time and $1,000 the second time. And I believe it's 500, if, or excuse me, 1,000 if you refuse to go through the metal detector. Um, so that is very interesting. It's going to be an interesting topic, I'm sure. And the money comes directly from their actual salary. So they can't use lobbyist funds or campaign funds. So that's going to get some backlash. Um, the new and very vocal, uh, Congresswoman Cori Bush of Missouri. She got booed yesterday when she was on the floor. And, um, there was a big to do about why she got booed. And other members of Congress did not. Um, she is a proud black woman um, and very vocal, like I said. But I just want to remind everyone that that was horrible. That happened to her. But do not forget that um, certain group of people at the DNC convention uh, decided to boo the civil rights legend, Congressman, may he rest in peace, John Lewis. So be careful how we go down this road. Um, the moving boxes have officially arrived at the White House. Hallelujah. Um, the Republicans are going to go after Liz Cheney in her powerful seat that she has as the third po most powerful person in the House in the Republican side. Jim Jordan has come out and said he is going to ask for a vote to see if she can keep her seat. This shall be interesting. I have to think that Liz Cheney coming from the political minds of the Cheneys, has to be two steps ahead. She is a congresswoman from Wyoming. So this all is going to be very interesting. Keep your eye out on for Liz Cheney. The fact that Liz Cheney is the leader of the vote no is the strangest thing I've ever heard in my life. But, okay, <laughs> this is a really fun story that I think you guys are going to love. Uh, apparently... We have been paying as taxpayers $3,000 a month for Secret Service to have their own bathrooms at Ivanka and Jared Kushner's home, uh, a home which has six and a half bedrooms and five and a half baths. But for some reason, they don't want the Secret Service, which we also pay to protect them. They don't want them to use their bathrooms. So we as taxpayers have been paid $3,000 a month. This has never been done before. So good thing to know in case 2024 rolls around. Make sure you have that in the back of your mind that they are charging taxpayers $3,000 a month so that they could have their own bathroom. That reminds me an awful lot like the movie The Help, but okay. 
Um, and last but not least, in the quick news, former governor of Michigan, Snyder, is officially finally being charged for the debacle of Flint, Michigan, along with eight others in his administration because they knowingly poisoned the water of Flint, Michigan and didn't give a shit. So I pray to God that he is sent away to prison for a very, very, very long time because they are still dealing with drama in Flint, Michigan, even though my girl, Gretchen Whitmore, is doing everything she can tooth and nail. I actually made a TikTok video about this a couple weeks ago. If you guys aren't following us on TikTok, by the way, you should be. OG of the HRC, follow us there. So let's get into the main story, shall we? Let's do it. Okay, so here we are again. Let's talk impeachment 2.0. I really wish we weren't talking about this anymore. I really wish we could talk about other things, but I feel like I'm not doing you guys a service if I don't break it down because, again, like I said the other day, it's very confusing. So as we know, yesterday, it was yesterday, right? Yeah, yesterday, (laughs) Uh, Pelosi got her votes. And then some 10 Republicans voted to impeach. We were expecting anywhere between 10 to 20. Um, apparently, Republicans have been on record saying that they wanted to vote for him to impeach. However, they were terrified for their family safety. That's our new America, I suppose. So those Republicans, I'm going to put them out real quick. Cheney, Harold Butler, take if I don't say the name right, I'm really sorry, but Kateko, K-A-T-K-O, Gonzalez, Kinzinger, Upton, Rice, Newhouse, Volavo, which was the surprise one, and Mayhair. So Liz Cheney kind of led the way on that vote. She called it a conscious vote, even though I think she definitely reached out and got a couple more. So we got 10 Republicans, which makes the total 232 which is actually really funny because 232 is the amount that he lost the Electoral College, 232 versus Joe Biden. So, yeah, just going to enjoy that. So uh, that number just keeps haunting him. Okay, so now what do we do? So basically Pelosi, she signed the impeachment yesterday, and she is yet to deliver the impeachment articles over to the Senate. I she hasn't commented when she's going to send it over. I don't know if she's waiting until after the 22nd, which is when we think we'll get those Georgia seats confirmed. Um, we would still need 17 more Republicans. Um, I don't know what she's going to do, especially since Mitch McConnell has come out with a statement where he basically said that he's not going to schedule it until January 19th is the earliest because, you know, he says that there's um there's no way that we can get through the trials and, and, and evidence and all of that before he's going to be out of office anyways. So he says kind of what's the point. Um, he also came out with a statement and said that he has not personally made up his mind yet on what how he will vote in impeachment. Um, people are feeling a certain way about that. And uh, overall, I think that he's doing that and he's pushing this back until the 19th because basically he's saying... Once this is all done, he'll say he's out of office. Why does it matter? He'll vote no on impeachment, and that will be that. Um, I think that he's doing this right now to play games with Trump because Trump sort of got him with Georgia and the $2,000. So I think it's this sort of cat and mouse game that they're playing with one another because at the end of the day, they were able to push through a Supreme Court justice in eight days. RBG's body was not even cold yet, and magically they got a Supreme Court justice in eight days, which was unheard of. 
So um, that's a bunch of bull that he's saying he can't get this on until January 19th. But then again, he can't do anything until Pelosi sends over the articles of impeachment. Um, it's that whole dramatic thing that you guys remember the last time with this, you know, the House members walking over to the Senate and delivering it. And it's this very like old school thing. But um, so I also want to note that Pelosi officially has a impeachment outfit. She wore the same outfit for both impeachments. And I think that that's just delightful for so many reasons. Like I said, 67 senators are needed to vote yes. Um, 17 Republicans are needed. And I, I don't know if, since we're pushing this out, if that's going to affect what's going to happen. But we shall see um, what else is going on. So, like I said, we had 232 yays, 197 nays, and four no votes. So those no vote people, to me, are cowards. Oh, sorry, but that's the truth. Um, you know... What was really interesting watching the whole thing go on yesterday, go on and on and on, um, many Republicans, when they were giving their speeches, condemned Trump and said that he is responsible for a lot of what happened the other, you know, a week, a week plus day one, a week plus one um, ago. But they stated over and over that impeachment was not the answer. So... <laughs> That's just sort of, they give the, even Kevin McCarthy, who's the number one guy in the Republican Party in the House, he said Trump is responsible for what happened, and yet impeachment's not the answer. Well, if impeachment's not the answer, what exactly would be the answer? I, I, I don't really understand that. And uh, like I've said, Liz Cheney may be losing her leadership role. And again, don't sleep on Liz Cheney. She is someone who comes from El Diablo, which is what I call Dick Cheney, because he is. And, um, you know, the mom is pretty damn El Diablo, too. But the whole thing with the Cheneys is, you know, most people don't know this. She, her sister is a proud out woman. She's a lesbian with married to a woman, which they didn't mind until Liz Cheney was running for office in Wyoming. And it came out about family values and all that jazz. And Liz Cheney just dropped her. So that's what we're dealing with here. I don't trust her. And I feel like Democrats are give a lot of praise and a lot of attention to these 10 Republicans who voted for impeachment. And yeah, but at the same time, where have you been for four years? Where where have you been? This guy has not changed. So, you know, and Liz Cheney in the beginning was, was Team Trump. So, you know, um, that being said, we shall see. I don't know what's going to happen with impeachment. I think that Pelosi's playing it really, really smart. What's the time? What's the point of wasting that moment? What's the point? I think she's waiting till Biden is in there. I think she's waiting. But, you know, he is officially the only president in the history of our country that's been impeached two times. So, you know, that that has to sting in some way. So we shall see. Hopefully the next video I will not have to talk about impeachment and we'll be moving on from this. And hopefully, you know, in a couple of weeks we'll be saying that he's fully impeached and he loses absolutely everything so um yeah we'll see so that's that one okay so this one is what i'm calling america's most wanted um some of you may have heard about this person some of you have not so i'm just gonna have a breakdown real quick um this guy named ali ali ollie probably alexander he changed his name it's not his legal name no one knows what his legal name is this guy right here okay so he was one of the main organizers for the stop the steal rally turned riot turned domestic terrorism um what we do know is he's in his early 30s he's an extreme right-wing guy he has he's a he has a felony for property theft and credit card abuse from a couple years ago he's officially banned from twitter venmo paypal and um 
permanently banned from IG, Instagram and Facebook. He apparently has raised over 200 grand to keep running because he's officially on the run from the FBI. They are looking for him. He did a live. This is what's important right now. He did a live before he went dark and before everyone started pulling him off of their services where he claims that there were three congressmen that helped the entire setup, the entire riot, and knew all about it and was helping them and giving them access to information um, to put this on. Republican Mo Brooks, Republican Andy Biggs, and Republican Paul Gosser. They all voted no on impeachment. So he made this wild claim. Um, he also claims to have information on Trump concerning calls to Arizona officials to change election results. Um, he's a big conspiracy theorist, this person. He refers to 1776 very often on his social media before it got um, yanked off, which goes back to the congresswoman from Colorado who said 1776 before the day had even started on January 6th. So that obviously is some sort of connection, some sort of thing. So he is on the run. Like I said, he's raised 200 grand to keep running, which I don't know how he's raised 200 grand when he doesn't have Venmo or PayPal. But um, so he's wanted, he's been around. He started campaigning in 2008 with then candidate John McCain. And then he obviously kept going further and further to the right. He was a big part of the Tea Party. No one really knows much about his background of, of who he actually is. I think he has, this is not to make excuses, but I definitely think there might be some um, mental health problems because last year he changed his name, which is fine, whatever. And then, let me find the quote here. He talks about how he started wearing orange all the time, the color orange. And he says, God gave me the color orange in December 2019 he told me orange would be the power, the color of 2020. I've come to learn it means God's power. So he also is big on starting conspiracy theories. He started one about Kamala Harris not being American black because her father is from Jamaica. So she's not an American black, I guess, according to him. Um, and he was invited to the White House for Trump's social media summit with other right-wing internet figures. And... Um, there's a picture of him here with Trump, which everyone has a picture with Trump, right? If you just have to pay the right amount of money. So he is bad news. And he has been associated with all sorts of rallies across the country um, for Trump, obviously, and the stop the steal, whatever that means. So he said one time, these degenerates in the deep state are going to give us what we want or we are going to shut this country down. So... You know, you're cliche, but he's on the run, and I don't know how long he can stay on the run because the FBI is pretty pissed. So um, he's wanted. And now another thing in connection to that that's very interesting is Congresswoman Mickey Sherrill, who actually voted no vote for Pelosi and the Speaker, um, which that'll matter here in a second. But she came out yesterday, and she is a for she's she's was in the Air Force. I believe she was in the air force i believe and she like made it really high up there and now she's retired and is a congresswoman but she believes that tours were given 24 hours prior by a handful of congress members that were very suspicious on january 5th a bunch of congress members were giving tours personal tours which let me just tell you 
when you go to the when you go to the Capitol, it's not your Congress member that's giving you the tour. Uh, even if you're a close friend or no, it's like an intern, a hill turn as we call them. So <laughs> they were actually these Congress members were actually giving tours to a handful of people. She thought it was very suspicious. And the Democrats want to investigate this further, which they will because they have control of the House. Um, Another thing that has come out recently is that some of the offices, the panic buttons were taken out. So every office in Congress has a panic button for obvious reasons. So those were taken out, which you have to know where those are because they're not just like panic button here, like a cartoon. That's not how it works. And um, and then I just want to say that there's this false narrative that Fox News and the right are trying to say about the Dems and how we never condemned black lives matter and how not a single person, you know, condemned the riots of you know, turned into riots of black lives matter. And that is absolutely completely false. And I looked into it because I wanted to see who's spoken out against, you know, those, the horrific, the burning of the buildings and the looting and all of that, that it turned into. And many, many members of the democratic party, including High up members, Nancy Pelosi, James Clyburn, who's who's in the leadership role, spoke out against what was happening and against all of that. Um, Joe Biden has publicly said that it's not. So that narrative is absolutely positively false. So don't buy into any of that. I think the bigger story should be what does this guy, Ali Alexander, what does he know? What do these congressmen know? Who, what, where, and how? The list of, I have it, if you just give me a second. Um, the list of Congress members, by the way, who gave the tours, I have right here. The actual Capitol building feed shows, so like their camera shows, so there's no conspiracy theory here. These Congress members were physically giving tours to people who, you know, which doesn't happen. Literally, it's Hill Turns who do this. Um, so we have Jim Jordan, Matt I don't know how to say his name. Gattez. I always say his name wrong because I don't like him. Um, Loan Bobart. Marjorie Taylor Greene, who's now officially called for the impeachment of Joe Biden publicly. Paul Gosser, Andy Biggs. So two of the names that this guy is saying, Paul Gosser and Andy Biggs, were giving tours the day before. So that's kind of interesting. Um, I just think... How stupid do they think that people are that they're not going to start connecting the dots and, you know, they can cry conspiracy theory all they want, but everything's starting to kind of come into place because there, there's now a video that has come out, I don't know if you guys have seen it, where people who are inside the Capitol are being told by someone outside who uh, with the rioters with the bullhorn, this is exactly what you need to do. You need to make a right here, a left here, this here. How do you know how to do that unless someone who works in Congress, has told you how to do that. How do you know where the panic buttons are? Someone who works in Congress has told you where the panic buttons are. Uh, Clyburn, his office, he doesn't use his main office with his name on it. He uses an office that's down further. They knew where that office was, the hidden office, and they went after it. So there's a lot of questions and a lot of like, huh, and everyone's anxiously saying, why Why are they still on the floor? Why are they? Because things take time and investigations take time. So we have to make sure that we cannot connect, excuse me, every every dot here because the, we don't want to give them any room to say conspiracy theory, the crazy left, deep state. Another thing they love to say, we've got to like slow and steady, but wins the race. 
And uh, so that's where we are with the debacle of, uh, of you know, America's Most Wanted. That's what it's turned into. And, you know, the Capitol Police, the FBI, everyone's on it. So, and there may be some people, obviously, two police officers in the Capitol Police have already been arrested. So, and had to step down, obviously. So, you know, there's a lot of, there's film, there's thousands and thousands of leads they have to go through. So we'll see. And they will find this guy. And I feel like he is going to be a rat and turn around and, and, you know, say squeal on everyone. And he probably is the kind of person that kept track of everything mobily and people are stupid and they talk about things via text message that they shouldn't because you can't delete anything. So, you know, we'll see. That was, we'll see. America's most wanted, guys. All right. So I'm sure you guys saw what I'm saying too little too late in my book. Um... Trump released a five-minute video the same night as impeachment. Um, he had his staff release it on social media because he's not allowed. He's not even allowed on Pinterest, y'all. So uh, he's not allowed on YouTube, on nothing. So they released it for him. And it starts with him sort of doing the My Fellow Americans. And he states that he wants, he's been hearing rumors of, of more, you know, unrest and more violence, and and he's against it. He's he's against all of that. That's not what the movement is about. The movement, I don't know what it's about, but I thought it was about that. But he states no violence, no riots, no chaos. Um, not what the movement's about. Blah blah blah. So you're listening to it, and I was like, okay, whatever. This is a week too late. Why didn't he come out instantly and do this and you know, pretend to be a president for a day? So <laughs> it's very interesting. It's the same night as impeachment. He wants to take off the excitement about that and turn it into I'm a really stand-up guy. And then he turns it into talking about censorship against Republicans on social media, parlor going down and not being able to find a new home, uh, all these Republicans getting you know banned off of Twitter or temporary banned. I think he's the only one that's permanently banned. Um, you know, that kind of stuff. So he starts out with the like, no violence, no violence, but then he turns it into poor me, poor supporters, poor, this is so sad, boohoo. He should have just, he should have had like a two minute video and just like called it a day, but he's not capable of doing that. So, um, I just think that it was his version of giving Republicans a reason to say, well, look, he, he learned his lesson and he's coming out, he's calling for, you know, unity and blah, blah, blah. And what I say is if he was actually calling for unity, he would have said in that statement, I acknowledge that Joe Biden will be the next president of the United States. I acknowledge that there was no funny business, that we had all of these lawsuits and all these. I acknowledge that he he's 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 acknowledged that he won't be president again, but he's not acknowledging that Joe Biden won. So I think that until we have that, it's just going to be this continued cycle of stop the steal. What I find to be very, very interesting is that um, a lot of what Trump ran on was a, a, a take off of Ronald Reagan. And Ronald Reagan, to me, was the first sort of reality show president, and meaning that he always was trying to play this role of the hero when really he's not a hero. He's no one's hero. He just played the role like he did in his B movies in Hollywood. He was never even a movie star, but he pretended like he was, you know. So one of the things that Trump stole from Ronald Reagan was the law and order president. 
That was that was Reagan saying it back in the 80s when things were running amok. And he stole it. And he was like the law and order guy. And he was the guy who was going to put, you know, put the gauntlet down. And he was going to turn Chicago around. And, you know, he was going to do martial law if he had to in Chicago because Obama just let it run amok and get to 50 murders a weekend and, you know, all this craziness. But at the end of the day, we saw nothing but opposite of law and order. We saw nothing but chaos and confusion and riots and protesting and You know, it's one thing to have peaceful protesting, but it's a whole other what happened under his watch. You know, it's like when people on like TikTok, they who are Trump supporters, they like they'll go by like a riot or a building burning or something. They're like, welcome to Biden's America. And I'm like, yo, Trump's still our president. This is Trump's. This is Trump's America. This is what he has built. All of the craziness in Portland, all of the craziness in Seattle. And I know everyone says, well, that's a state's rights or... He has every right to do martial law in a state or a city anytime he wants. Nixon did it a couple of times. LBJ did it a couple of times during the craziness of the civil rights movement, during the Vietnam movement, anti-war movement. He never once martial lawed. He never once said, okay, enough. I'm going to show that I'm the law and order president, just like Reagan never was a law and order president, just like under Reagan, there was chaos and confusion. There may not have been riots, but there was murders happening and gangs were being built across the land and Reagan did nothing, but yet he was the law and order president. No, that's just the term for for white people who live in certain areas in our country. That's like a trigger word for them. And they feel like, oh, he's law and order president. Look at those Democrats and those Democratic cities and how they're run down and how they're. Yeah, but he could have done something much more than he did. And it's all a lie. He did reverse the crime bill, by the way. Everyone thinks like, well, he got some black people out of prison, and but he didn't reform the, the, the criminal justice system. He didn't overturn the crime bill. He could have easily done that, but he didn't. So this whole law and order, we saw nothing but opposite of law and order under him. And I'm aware that we had law and order issues under Barack Obama. Chicago became murder capital of America. And that is not okay. You know, but I just think the unrest that has happened is the opposite of law and order, but it's just this trigger word that white people love because it reminds them of a different time when they felt like the world was safe. That's what he does for them. He makes them angry and go, Democrats are making the world unsafe. How dare they? So it's just, you know, another thing that's going on with Trump that's going to be interesting post-presidency is he has lost a lot of his business dealings. New York City has announced they will end all contracts with Trump organizations. He lost the PGA Tour at one of his golf courses. So is this what we're going to see post-Trump? Are we finally at that point where people are like, we don't even want to associate with you? I mean, I hope because that family is horrible. He's also facing charges in New York City. And if he were to even pardon himself, because at this point, I believe he's going to pardon himself. And there's no law saying that he can't pardon himself. I think that he's going to pardon himself. But that's only for federal crimes, not state crimes. So New York City is coming calling, you know, uh, People are forgetting about this story, too, the Jeffrey Epstein story. That woman, na- I can't even remember what her name was. Do you remember what her name is, Sam? The the woman against Jeffrey Epstein? Mm-hmm. I can't remember what her name is, but she, uh, Maxwell, g- g- something Maxwell. Oh, Ghislaine Maxwell. Ghislaine Maxwell, yeah, there you go. <laughs> She's still sitting in prison. No one has had her killed yet, and he hung out with them a lot. So there's a lot of, like, 
hanging over him right now, which is why it's a little it, it's a lot dangerous that he's still in the White House with nuclear codes. But um, so there's a lot, you know, at stake and he could potentially, like I said, lose his Secret Service detail. He could potentially lose the ability to do a presidential library. I mean, could you imagine even doing a presidential library for Trump? Like what would be in there? Tweets that's in his presidential library, a bunch of tweets. I mean, you know, being like the picture with him and Kim Jong-un, like ha- hanging out, like <laughs> which they weren't even really a threat. So, I mean, because they're a broke country. But, I mean, so it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. But this lame five-minute video that he released, he's not, you know, I, I was talking about it with a couple people. All he had to do on January 6th, all he had to do was come out and do the cliche, my fellow Americans, please Go home. Stop this. I condone this. This is not what I'm about. Please go home. Stop. But he didn't. He said, I love you. You're great people, but you need to go home now. He wasn't even capable in that moment, that moment of chaos, to be a president. And then a week later, he decides that he wants to release a video and be presidential for half of the video. He can't even be presidential for the whole video. And then he then he whines about, you know, how hard it is being Trump in America. No, when you're in politics and you run for the presidency of the United States of America, the good comes with it, along with all the other shit. Because I don't hear Hillary and Bill Clinton complaining about all the shit that is said about them. I don't hear the Obamas complaining about all the shit. I don't know, guys. I think being having an entire conspiracy movement that you were not born in America it outweighs anything that Trump has had to go through. Poblacito, I don't, I don't feel sorry for you. I don't feel sorry for you at all. And this is why I don't talk about Trump in great detail, because I just get really heated. So, all right, guys, it's all over with him in just a handful of days, and we're done, and it's over with, and we can move on with our lives and deal with the aftermath without him being in the Oval Office. So I hope they bleach the living shit out of the Oval Office and the entire White House before Dr. Biden and Champ and Major and Joe come up in this White House. So too little, too late, Trump. Too little, too late. That's all I got. Welcome to five FLOTUS facts. I just like saying the word FLOTUS. I think it's a great word. It's First Lady of the United States of America, by the way, everyone. So I am a big, big First Lady fan. There is only two First Ladies that I'm not, three actually now, uh, that I'm not the biggest fans of. But I feel like First Ladies are so underrated. They don't get paid. They're not elected. They're judged for everything that they do, everything that their husbands do, everything that their children does. So I am a First Lady connoisseur, expert, blah, blah, blah. So let's start with... The one and only Miss Lady Bird Johnson. I am a big fan of Lady Bird Johnson. She, of course, is the wife of LBJ, the infamous LBJ. She became first lady after, tragically, JFK was assassinated, of course. So I just wanted to start with five facts about the one and only Miss Lady Bird Johnson. And before I get too far... Let me just show you so you guys, because some of you guys may not know who Lady Bird Johnson is, and that's okay. This is Lady Bird Johnson. So, she was first lady from 1963 to 1969. Um, 
course, LBJ didn't run for a second term, so that's why she had kind of a short run. So there's five facts about Lady Bird Johnson. First and foremost, her real name is Claudia Alta Johnson. A nursemaid when she was born says she was as pretty as a ladybird, and that name stuck ever since. Even her husband, everyone called her Ladybird. Um, she used her modest inheritance to bankroll LBJ's congressional campaign because LBJ was in Congress for about 35, 40 years before he became vice president for JFK. So she actually bankrolled that in the very beginning of their early on in his career and in their marriage. And she actually ran his congressional campaign when he was in the Navy. So that's interesting. Um, she broke new ground by having her own press secretary and chief of staff. Prior to her, no other first lady had ever had their own press secretary or chief of staff, but she wanted to actually get things done and have her own staff, people she could trust, is what she said. And she also was very influential in the Oval Office. She apparently, rumor has it, that she used to proofread all of LBJ's speeches. And sometimes she went as far as tell him exactly what he needed to say on a phone conversation with a world leader or such. She was sort of his backbone, his neck, the most important person in his life for sure. Um, she is responsible for the Highway Beautification Act. They call it the Ladyburg Act. And what it basically is, is she was noticing that as... There was a big separation in terms of poverty. She was no noticing that in very poverty areas in the country, there was a lot of trash. There was a lot of big billboards. There was just a lot of things that weren't appealing, and she didn't want that to happen. So she ha she helped pass in Congress the first first lady to ever do so, the Highway Beautification Act. So anytime you see on the side of a highway and there's flowers and there's and it just looks really pretty or a federal building and there's flowers and it just looks clean and great it's because of Lady Bird Johnson. She also was a big advocate for Head Start, the federal funded daycare for low income kids and she was the backbone of that. So what I love about Lady Bird overall is just that she, people don't realize how important she was because you need to keep in mind like I said, she came in in a really tragic time, the country had just lost Camelot, as they as they call it, and she had to come in. Jackie Kennedy was known for being this delicate, beautiful angel. She did the tour of the White House, and she had that wispy voice, and they were the dream. They were the dream family, and she, Lady Bird, is very Texas, was very outlandish, very sort of loud, and she was opposite of Jackie Kennedy in a lot of ways, and she had to come in and help the nation not only heal, but sort of figure out how what her place looked like. And I think that's why she decided to be so active as First Lady. So five facts about Lady Bird Johnson. There you go. Okay, Daily Descent. Um, this, is a, this is a doozy, so please forgive me if I ramble on. Um, James Comey. He, he just he doesn't seem to ever go away, does he? he? He doesn't get the memo that no one really gives a living shit what he has to say about anything. Maybe it's the fact that his book, his first book bomb, that he had to write a second one to, to feed his narcissistic behavior. But, you know, and if you guys don't know who James Comey is, I'll just wrap it up very simply. He's the guy who stole the election from Hillary Rodham Clinton in 2016, period, point blank. No ifs, ands, or buts. She could have gotten over Russia. She could have gotten over Donald Trump coming at her. She could have gotten over Benghazi. She could have gotten over it all. She was getting over it all. 
And two weeks before the election, he decides to come out. He's the former head of the FBI. He decides to come out even though the email investigation had been closed. He had said himself just months prior, there will be no charges. She didn't do anything that was illegal, even though he reprimanded her. He still said she did not do anything illegal. No charges. Comes out in October and says a week and a half before the election, a week before the election, and says, oh, we're going to reopen the case. And everything went downhill from there. She was leading in the polls by nine points. By the end of that day, she was leading in the poll only by three, which is your margin of error, as we say in the political world. So James Comey is responsible for that. And the cherry topper is that he got to keep his job as the FBI director. He went on to work for Trump, where Trump had that infamous moment with him in the Oval Office, where he sees him for the first time. Trump points to him and says, there's my guy, because Trump's not stupid. He knows that that's his guy who handed him the election. Now, a lot of people say that he did it because he's a Republican and he was trying to keep a Republican in the office. But then when you see text messages going back and forth between FBI insiders, that they hated both the candidates. So still to this day, James Comey has never answered with a clear cut answer why he did what he did to Hillary Clinton. It has never been done before. And the fact that the Democratic Party sat by and did not fight for her in that moment is something that I will never, ever, ever get over. And no one had her back. No one came out. Chuck Schumer came out and said one statement, and then we all moved on with our lives. And then we all looked at each other when she lost and went, oh, my God, what happened? So James Comey goes away for a while after he's finally fired when Trump realizes he doesn't need him around and he wants someone around that he can manipulate better or whatever it is. I have no idea. James Comey is fired. He goes away for about a year and then all of a sudden he pops up and he writes this book and he starts pretending like he's this advocate for the Democratic Party and he's against Donald Trump because Donald Trump had fired him. And he starts saying all these things. He goes to Congress and he swears to Congress and he does all this rigmarole. And and Democrats are like, well, that was bad what he did. But, you know, he's helping us now. Or, oh, well, no, no. Then he writes a book and some of you all buy it just out of curiosity. And (laughs) who cares what he has to say? Because if you are not a fan of Donald Trump, if you think that the last four years have been hell, if you think that Hillary Clinton got the raw end of the deal, if you think that Hillary Clinton should have been the first woman president in our country's history, but yet you're still somehow supporting James Comey, I don't know. Hypocrisy runneth over, okay? Because James Comey, like I said, still to this day has not even been man enough to say why he did what he did. We, he will go to his grave and he will say, I don't know what I, why I did that. His wife was a Hillary Clinton supporter and volunteer. His, it almost ruined his marriage, apparently, because she had told him, don't do this, which, again, why are you talking to your wife about confidential FBI work? But okay. And yet he's still around. I turn on my TV and he's still on different shows and he's still it, when he says something, it goes viral. It, it trends on Twitter. And I think to myself, how? Who cares what this guy has to say? He the only reason he talked shit about Donald Trump was because Donald Trump had fired him. He had no problems working for Donald Trump and being the head of the FBI. No problems whatsoever. So I just think I, I turned on the TV the other day and I saw him and he was talking about how Biden should probably pardon Trump just to show sort of like what President Ford did with Nixon. 
Who the F cares what you have to say, James Comey? You are the sole reason we are in this shithole situation that we're in. And no matter what he says, no matter what he does, I will never, ever forgive him. And anyone who thinks differently, especially if you're a Democrat, maybe you should educate yourself on what really happened and look at the factual numbers of where Hillary was before the incident and where Hillary was after. The second that it broke that James Comey had done this, I internalized and I thought, oh my God, she cannot get over this one. She had gotten over everything else by herself because no one helped her, but she could not get over this. And it irks me to my soul that, like I said, he is not even man enough to say why he did it, why he felt the need to go against everything else that had been done years and years and years tradition of not releasing anything that could affect an election, which is the rules, the laws, the everything in election 101 is beyond me. So if you are thinking about buying James Comey's newest book or you think about, well, he wore a shirt that said elect more women, he literally wore a shirt, you guys, on his Instagram that said elect more women. You gotta be fucking kidding me. Why are we still talking about James Comey? Why is he still in the narrative, America? He is the reason. You are looking for a villain. That's your villain. There would be no President Trump if it wasn't for James Comey, period. As always, guys, I hope that I have informed you today. I hope you will join us next Monday. Crazy, crazy. I just want to say really quick, make sure you are following us on Instagram and Twitter, the OG of the HRC way, and on TikTok, which is just OG of the HRC. We're having lots of fun on TikTok, so make sure you join us there. All right, guys, make sure you check us out on YouTube, Spotify, and iTunes. Until next time, OG of HRC, signing out.